Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. For cultivating progress across the South, for working to unconditionally improve the lives of all, and for the bold underwriting of every gravy podcast, SFA thanks our visionary Louisville, Kentucky friends, Pam and Brooke Smith. In this episode of Gravy, we're headed to Texas to pick up some kolaches. Maybe we should describe kolaches for those who aren't lucky enough to have already tried one, Melissa. Okay, so think thumbprint cookie or one of those cookies with the Hershey's Kiss in the middle. Oh, yeah. Now, imagine that cookie is a pastry about three inches across and made from a sweetened yeast dough. Filled with fruit, poppy seeds, or maybe some sort of farmer's cheese. Now, immigrate that story from Czechoslovakia to Texas, and sometimes fill it with sausage. (laughs) I think you're describing the perfect gas station food. I am. (laughs) Because, I mean, you can get both, right? The sweet and and the sausage. You can, and that's a kolache. Born of Eastern Europe and beloved in Central Texas since the late 19th century, Kolaches are now part of the Texas roadside experience, and one kolache baker thinks they should become a thing everywhere. I'd love to end this by saying, coming to a gas station near you. We can hope. I'm Mary Beth Lassiter. I'm Melissa Hall. You're listening to Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells the stories of the changing American South. Evan Stern has the story. I mean, there's national holidays for everything. I couldn't believe there wasn't one for Kalachi, especially it's such a big deal in Texas. I mean, come on, there's a national underwear day, right? Why isn't there a Kalachi one? So I made it a mission and a goal that I had to do it, and I did. <laughs> it's been said that entrepreneurship is a calling not a job. Vatsana Suwanavong's calling are kolaches. The owner of a bake shop, in 2018, she spearheaded a successful campaign to have March 1st proclaimed National Kolache Day. Known affectionately to her customers as the crazy kolache lady, she proudly tells me she can eat five kolaches in one sitting and says her enthusiasm for them is compulsive. Still, by her own admission, She's perhaps an unlikely ambassador for this pastry many revere as a symbol of Czech pride. Born in 1982 to an elite family in Vientiane, Laos, at age four, Vatsana, her mother and siblings, fled to Houston as political refugees. Adjusting to their new life in Texas wasn't easy. Their mother took two jobs while working on a GED. They had to learn a new language, subsisted on food stamps, ate meals like eggs and rice and rarely got the chance to indulge in sweets. We were too poor. Like, we couldn't afford all that fancy stuff. And we we couldn't afford, to us, sweets like donuts, cookies, cakes. That was a luxury. Baking was not a tradition Vatsana grew up immersed in, and was never something she considered pursuing. That is, until she discovered kolaches, when a sweet craving led her to a Houston donut shop. 
And I was like, hey, what is that? And the lady was like, oh, it's a kolache. I was like, what's it a kolache? She goes, just try it. So I bought one of each flavor and I took my first bite. And can I tell you, I fell in love. Five years later, most mornings find Vatsana waking at 2 a.m. to proof dough at the bakery that love inspired her to open. Named Koala Kalachi and housed in a suburban strip center in the town of Cyprus, about 25 miles northwest of downtown Houston, Vatsana tells me she chose her shop's name not because she's a marsupial lover, but because her phone's autocorrect kept spelling Kalachi, that's K-O-L-A-C-H-E, as Koala. It stuck to me. You, you couldn't go wrong with that, you know what I mean? This autocorrect fail isn't entirely surprising. In America, kolaches aren't ubiquitous like Danishes. They've yet to enjoy a trendy moment like the cronut. Save a few corners of the Midwest, they aren't easily found outside central Texas. And even here, depending on whom you ask, you'll likely hear a range of answers when seeking definitions. Vatsana tells me she regards kolaches as the stepchildren of croissants, because to her, their filling possibilities are endless. And while she serves many classic flavors like peach and cream cheese, she's perhaps proudest of her rotating savory selections. One of my first few that I made was bulgogi and kimchi, and I love bulgogi and kimchi. And I also made Thai chicken basil, because again, you know, Laos and Thai is very similar, and I love basil. So I made some of that. Also made chicken masala, which I love Indian food. See, like the things I've, I've come up with, things that I love, you know what I mean? Just a few short years ago, the thought of pairing flavors like these with kolaches would have struck most Texans as unthinkable. Yet Vatsana is hardly the only Houston baker who's using them to experiment with international tastes and ingredients. Downtown's Cafeteria has developed a cult following for their Vietnamese-inspired beef pho kolaches, while butter chicken halal varieties can be found at the chain Karma kolaches. So, how is it that kolaches have reached this point, and how should we define them? The term itself can be traced to the Czech word kolo, which means circle, and reflects the firm, individually round pastries baked in Eastern Europe today. A sweet, open-faced bun that provided a practical use for preserved fruits, jams, and cheeses, kolaches were brought to Texas in the 1800s by Czech immigrants who came here for cheap farmland. Yet due to different resources, baking methods, and practicalities associated with these new surroundings, kolaches soon underwent a metamorphosis. The dough became less dense and more soft, the crust became blonder, and notably the shape became square, making it almost unrecognizable from its original form. This is something Lydia Faust, a second-generation Texas Czech, couldn't help but note when sampling kolaches on her first trip to the Czech Republic in 2014. I was really surprised at the, what they call a collage there uh, nowadays. It, a lot of them resembled a cookie, and it just... Uh, there was very few places that I uh, found that really made collages like we make them here or what our grandmothers had taught us to do, how to do, do them. Now 90, Lydia lives near Bryant in her hometown of Snook in the frame cottage she bought with her husband for $3,000 in 1953. Regarded as one of the grand dames of Texas Czech baking, her recipes have been published in Southern Living, and the walls of her modest kitchen are lined with framed honors recognizing her accomplishments. She remembers making her first cake at age five, and in 1968 opened the Snook Baking Company. There, she tells me she perfected her kolache recipes by feeding a sturdy crew of local farmers each morning. 
and for nearly 30 years, abided by one of her favorite Czech sayings. Bez práce nejsou koláče. That means, without work, there are no koláčes. Born in 1933, Lydia didn't learn English until grade school and grew up on a nearby farm where chores included milking cows, drying prunes, and making cottage cheese by hanging sacks of clapper on a dry line. She tells me all these ingredients went into their kolaches, which were a must for Sunday afternoon snacks, or spachina. Every weekend when we knew that a family was coming over, there was always to have kolaches and coffee or tea or whatever. We helped a help mother with uh, either the baking part or the filling part or, or just uh, observed how she did it. And it just became something that I wanted to do on my own. Today, Miss Faust continues to participate in the Caldwell Kalachi Festival, which she helped found nearly 40 years ago. And though she hasn't been baking much lately due to a recent back issue, she's recovering and hopes to return to leading her annual kolache workshop at Snooks Elementary School. My hopes are that the kolaches will continue being made and that uh, families, uh, the Czech families uh, carry, it on, uh, carry on the culture with their uh, families and that uh, it won't be a dying art. Austin-based blogger and home baker Don Orsak shares Miss Faust's commitment to preservation. A historian of Moravian descent who's dedicated years to the study and preservation of Czech Texan foodways, for Dawn, cooking is a thread that connects her with her identity. It just sort of encapsulates uh, those things like history and tradition and being Czech that make me who I am. Yet Dawn also recognizes that customs evolve and understands why kolaches in Texas are different from their predecessors in Europe. Cutting a big pan of pastries into squares is faster and easier than crafting individual rounds. Modern appetites have made kolaches bigger. And she stresses that even among Texas Czechs, fillings have changed. For instance, cream cheese wasn't around in the 19th century, but it's accepted today as a classic flavor, alongside poppy seed prune and apricot. And even pineapple became embraced as a staple with the widening availability of canned fruit in the 1950s. Certainly the round shape is more similar to the way they are in the Czech Republic. But, you know, 150 or 60 years after, you know, people started immigrating to Texas, what does traditional mean that? Or can traditional mean what your great-grandmother made? Dawn goes on to suggest that, like other regional American cuisines whose roots can be traced abroad, Texas Czech cooking deserves respect on its own terms. Texas Czech food is its own cuisine. It's not Czech food. We don't eat Czech food here. We eat Texas Czech food. And I think that's important. I think it should be documented and, and celebrated. When we come back, we'll learn about the plans to take kolaches from Texas gas station staple to nationally beloved. But first... For over 125 years, Lodge has been crafting quality cookware in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. It started with the iconic Lodge cast iron skillet made for cooking anything anywhere, and then turned to the seasoned cast iron Dutch oven and camp ovens. Now, Lodge is making history with USA Enamel, the only line of colorful enameled cast iron made in the United States. And like all Lodge cast iron cookware, 
USA enamel is designed to last for generations. Visit LodgeCastIron.com to purchase your own USA enamel Dutch oven. For Lodge's longtime commitment to the Southern Foodways Alliance and this podcast, we thank them. Hi, it's Melissa. And if you're looking for another great podcast from the South, then you have to check out No Small Endeavor, produced by our friends at Great Feeling Studios and PRX. Each episode, award-winning professor and Nashville native Lee C. Camp merges the worlds of philosophy, theology, the arts, and more to ask the question, how can we live a good life while nourishing the soul? Plus, it's the only show I know that features everyone from legendary actor and filmmaker Rob Reiner to Southern activist and author Anthony Ray Hinton. So go ahead. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell them Gravy said hey. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Driving from Austin to Houston, outside the town of Bastrop, it's hard to miss a billboard for the hugely popular convenience chain Bucky's that reads in bold letters, Kalachis ahead. Perhaps more than an emblem of Czech identity, Kalachis are now a beloved road snack for highway commuters. This popularity is owed to combination rest stops and bakeries like Rushka's and Ellinger, Weichel's and LaGrange, and the Czech stop in West that claims to go through roughly 9,000 pounds of butter and 2,100 dozen eggs each week. Don Orsak argues that large-scale bakeries like these have had a major impact on shaping the public's perception of kolaches. I, I do feel like those non-Czech commercial bakeries are the ones that got people to first eat sausage kolaches. I'm going to use the term sausage kolaches because that's what they have, or that's what they call them. Don says the reason most Texans now call sausage-filled pigs in a blanket, or meat pies, kolaches, is because that's what chains like Houston's Kalachi Factory and Shipley's Donuts started calling them in the 1970s. Yet, in the Czech Republic and even in the view of many Texas Czechs, the idea of meat kolaches is contradictory, as they should traditionally always be sweet, with a limited number of fillings. For this, Vatsana tells me she's no stranger to criticism, as her choice to label savory pastries, kolaches, remains controversial to some. We got a lot of, like, um, I guess DMs, emails, and saying, you should not be calling it a kolache, it's not a kolache. All the same, in barbecue-loving Texas, savory kolaches have grown so popular, most bakers I speak with tell me they regularly outsell classic flavors, and this tide only seems to be spreading. 
A new Georgia location of Bucky's recently drew a rave review from Atlanta Magazine, which urged readers to make a beeline for the bakery counter to try their jalapeno and cheddar kolaches. As a passing aside, the article mentioned in closing, don't miss the sweet kolaches too. For Don, a tension like this is conflicting. If it takes a sausage kolach to spread the word about Texas Czech food, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm happy that Texas Czech food is getting recognized, but I do worry about the authenticity getting diluted. But while history merits respect, and conversations about identity and preservation are worth having, there's also good reason that culinary innovations and hybrids like jalapeno cheddar kolaches catch on. They're delicious, they're not traditional. Should they exist? Sure, because they're delicious. <laughs> Don tells me about a food truck called Kerlachis. Owned by Venezuela-born Amelie's Paz Curlin, her brisket kolaches were named by Eater one of Austin's 23 most iconic dishes. While in Don's eyes, creations like these aren't traditional, she's open to the idea that future generations might view them differently. They're not really even te traditional Texas Czech kolaches unless you see us on a continuum and what's happening with things like kerlaches are morphing and feeding that continuum now so that in 10, 15 years, we'll think of that as Texas check. Mostly, Dawn fears the prospect of a future where mass production causes Americans to view kolaches as dense with processed jams and cherry pie fillings. I'm worried that in, you know, a generation, the only place you can get a kolach is in a commercial bakery and that people don't know how to make them anymore. The first time I saw a sign for kolaches in like a Sitco gas station window, I think I cried. And it made me horrified to think that kolaches could go that route. For most Americans, home baking today is more a novelty than practice, and small-town scratch bakeries have become something of a dying breed. Lydia Faust knows this well as the Snook Baking Company, which she helped build, closed under different ownership and has sat vacant since 2015. The Village Bakery in West closed following the 2019 death of its second-generation owner. Similarly, LaGrange's historic Lucas Bakery, which opened in 1947, is trying to avoid this fate. Its 71-year-old owner and sole baker, Lawrence Falden, is actively seeking an apprentice to train and hand his keys to. So far, though, he hasn't met any takers. Given the intense hours and physical demands of pastry making, it's not hard to understand why. Bakers like Vatsana, with both passion and uncompromising work ethics, aren't always easy to find. You have to be a morning person to be in this business. If you're not, stay home. Don't try to tempt it. A lot of these people come here, you're the first person they see. You can literally break or make their day. Our goal is to have to serve them with joy, it, give them our joy, and have them walk out here with joy. For Vatsana, her work at Koala Kalachi is a joy. She excitedly tells me about how she's experimented with flavors like mango and taro, and one day hopes to even try making a kalachi with the infamously pungent durian fruit. Still, aspects of her baking are traditional, too. She tells me her dough is credited to a 1941 recipe she got from a friend's Czech grandmother, and that anyone interested in making kolaches should look to their elders. Go to the source. 
grandparents, great great grandparents are the are the best. Because remember, back in the days, they had no choice but to cook, and baking was a big deal. That's what I learned quickly. When I ask Vatsana about her hopes for the future, she answers immediately. I want to be nationally known. I want to be a household name. Yeah. I, like I said, I just want to bring joy to everybody, you know, through pastry, through kolache. That brought me so much joy. And then hopefully the community agrees with me, too. That brings them joy as well. If kolaches ever break through on the national level and get their cronut moment, what will they look and taste like? Will they showcase flavors like prune or new ones like bulgogi and kimchi? Could they be sold at Starbucks and... Will growth and availability and awareness come at the expense of local craftsmanship or spur innovation? Perhaps the only thing certain about Kalachi's future is their ongoing evolution, which reflects the story of a changing and increasingly diverse Texas, South, and nation. Yet Kalachis also exemplify how traditions can be built on. And if their centuries-long history in Texas is any indication, those called to bake will continue to find in them a canvas for expressing ideas and identity through dough and fillings, like cottage cheese, pineapple, sausage, and maybe even durian. Born during the driving rainstorm that inspired Stevie Ray Vaughan to record the classic Texas Flood, Evan Stern is one of a proud few who can claim Austin as his legitimate hometown. A regular gravy contributor, Evan produces his own podcast, Vanishing Postcards, where he tells the stories of Texas, one highway and farm road at a time. We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is Sarah Campmila. Olivia Terenzio edits All Things Podcast. My co-host, Mary Beth Lassiter, is our publisher. Join us for the SFA's Fall Symposium, October 20th and 21st, here in Oxford, Mississippi. Together, we'll ask the important question, where is the South? Where is it? You'll hear from a roster of engaging speakers like Adon Madrano, our guide to finding the South beyond the political geographies of the U.S.-Mexico border. We also promise that you'll eat and drink very well. Tickets are on sale now. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more about the schedule and purchase your ticket. While you're there, become a member or make a donation. Your dollars fund our work and help us make more great. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm Mary Beth Lassiter. Excited to lap up another episode of Gravy? Tell a friend. Pass the gravy boat. There is plenty to go around.